All right. Hallelujah. Welcome. Bless you. Hey, Adam, could you bring all the stuff, including the board there? And uh, I have to get my props. So I don't know if I'll use them. <clears throat> How are you doing? This seems kind of loud, is it? A little loud? Can you turn it down? So I, uh, if I talk regular, <laughs> Seth says if I talk regular, it's not too loud. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I haven't, haven't ministered the Word in six weeks, which is the longest I've ever not preached since uh, I became the pastor here uh, ten years ago. And uh, I have a lot of stuff I want to say. <laughs> and like, I'm really concerned that I'm just going to, like, just, it's all going to come out in a mishmash. Um, so bear with me, if you will, because um, I don't really know how this is going to go. But I'm glad to be back here. How many are glad you're here? Yeah. Hallelujah. So, a couple of things before I, I get into the Word. We're going to turn to, if you want, you can turn to your Bible. Could you turn it down a little bit more? Aaron, thanks. Ephesians chapter uh, 4, but before we get there, <coughs> I got a couple of things I want to say. So, um, <coughs> lots, lots happened lately, <coughs> but uh, I went to a funeral service yesterday, a good friend of mine, and he was a pastor <coughs> of a church here in town. It was about my age, and um, you know I don't know if anybody knows who I'm talking about, but <clears throat> um, he just got sick and died uh, suddenly. He, of our group that get together and prays every week, he was probably the healthiest looking guy there, and compl- while he's on vacation, uh, frankly, I think he worked himself to death. Uh, not as an accusation against him or the church, but having, knowing a little bit of the history and what he was going through as a church and his heart was amazing. But what I want to say <clears throat> is that um, for his memorial service, this church was packed, standing room only. I thought, man, I know Jerry would have loved to see that church full. I just would ask you not to wait to my funeral to fill this church. Look around, a lot of seats. Jesus already died to fill his church. Ask my kids. Every time I drive by an empty building, what do I say? I make a great church. <laughs> it's true. Different cities. I go, wow, look at that. It, it, it could be a foyer. There's a parking over there. You know why? Because I think every empty building should be filled with worshipers. Because Jesus deserves it. You know why I want this building filled? Because Jesus died on the cross. Two reasons. Because He's worthy and people need love. Alright? It's not about me. If you know me, 
you know it's not about me. Because you know I'd just soon be home alone. <laughs> Alright? It's about him and it's about them. And it broke my heart. But the only thing that could fill that church was a pastor working himself to death. And it doesn't have to be that way. And Jesus has already died, so let's... I mean, don't get condemned or sad. I mean, maybe I'm sad about it. (laughs) But I'm also motivated. And we need to realize there's a greater purpose. And uh, Kathy's word just dovetails perfectly with the message that I have to share about... I want to talk this week and next week about the church. Um, But we need to understand... That you are the church. Alright? And lots of things are said about church and institutions and uh, bad experiences. And fact is, it's just people. And, and people need people. We need one another. Um, Jesus died to fill this room. <clears throat> and so we're, we're here working together to, uh, to fill it. And every, we pray every week for every church in Kalamazoo. Because I want to see every church filled. And every church in the world. It just is so encouraging to get a vision once you understand why we do what we do. Alright? Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Okay. Now I've got something else. This is an announcement. So tomorrow I'm going to take my kids and go camping at Van Buren. I can't go camping tonight because the campground's full. Because it's Labor Day, but then everybody leaves. But because I don't have a regular job, I actually, my Monday's my day off. <laughs> so if anybody wants to come and have, uh, watch the sunset and have some s'mores at a camp- campsite tomorrow, we just want to invite you. Uh, I know some of you probably have plans, but if you don't have any plans, Van Buren State Park, come over. We're going to watch sunset and have s'mores around the campfire. Whenever you want. I don't know. It's like empty. Really. It's full. Every site is filled tonight. I tried. Every single one's reserved. But tomorrow, like three quarters of them are empty. Because everybody leaves. So we'll be getting there about 3 o'clock, setting up camp and having supper and then light the fire. And sunset is at about 8 o'clock. So so you're welcome. If you don't have anything to do, just come and hang out for a couple hours. All right. Does that sound fun? All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, that, uh, that, that you've given us your word to steer and direct and to influence our lives so that we can live free. And we just pray a blessing on your word this morning in Jesus' name uh, and help me communicate what you've put on my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, why don't you turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and we're going to read a little bit. Wow. Let's read. um, This is from chapter 4. I'm going to read two sections. I'm going to read verses uh, 1 through 6 to begin with. It says. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, 
beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Or as they say down south, y'all. In the message it says, different translation, it says, uh, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the Master. Paul was literally in jail when he wrote this. I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. Okay, everybody sit on your hands. Oh, come on. Sit on your hands. Come on. I saw that. You're not doing it. Come on, everybody. Now, the Bible just told you not to do that, and then you did it? (laughs) Father, please forgive us. Sorry. I don't want any of you sitting around in your hands. I don't want any strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do not do, that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily. Come on. Pouring yourself out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing the differences and quick at mending fences. You were all called to travel on the same road in the same direction. (laughs) So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one Master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, uh, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. And he capitalizes the word oneness, the oneness of God. Let's jump. Uh, That's a description. That's a picture. Uh, Paul's exhortation uh, for the Ephesians and for us as as believers to have a walk that's worthy. And he describes a little bit what what that means uh, in that passage that he just that I just read. But a little further on in this passage, in verse 17, there's another walk that's described. Too many papers. It says, I therefore, this is in verse 17 through 24. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. You know who Gentiles are? Gentiles is just a general term for anyone that was not Jew. Jewish, of Jewish descent. But in the New Testament, <clears throat> it, it basically means that it, anyone not of God's people, anyone outside of the faith, anyone not living under, because once we become saved, we are grafted in, we are descendants, we are uh, co-heirs with Christ. So these are unbelievers. It says... <clears throat> Don't walk as the rest of the Gentiles. Walk in the... What's the word in your Bible? 
futility of their mind, having their understanding what darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So there's a description of a different walk there. Not the walk of, of uh, according to the worthy of the calling that we read earlier, but this is a walk of futility, of darkness. Let me read the same passage again in the message because it kind of drives it home in our modern language. It says, And so I insist... And God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. Let me just comment on that a little bit. That's like everything you see on television. And most of what's on the Internet. And in bookstores. And in magazines. Really. Because there's this, says the Bible says that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked, the evil one. Okay, the whole world is being influenced uh, by wickedness, by the intent of Satan and his servants and those who are given over to that. And so there's this, there's this huge flow of empty-headed mindless crowd. Verse 18 says, they've refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. It's true. You lose touch with God, you lose touch with reality because God is reality. Right? And then they come up with whole other schemes, inventions of their minds, philosophies uh, to explain things and like ignore the obvious. It's amazing. They can't think straight anymore. Feeling no pain, they let themselves go in sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. Hmm, sound familiar? But that's no life for you. You've learned Christ. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to Him, have been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have it in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It's rotten through and through. 
On the way to church this morning, William was in the car, and there's a, there's a table in our neighborhood set out by the road, and somebody's selling their vegetables. And he said, those vegetables went bad. He could see that they were rotten and left out for a few days. And they thought, wow, that's, that's what happens. Stuff unattached <laughs> to the vine, it just, that's, it just gets rotted. And people disconnected with the life of God, the flesh just rots. Right? Humanity apart from Christ is rotten. Really. Some of it looks appealing, but it's destructive. It's nasty. It's like those potatoes that get stuck in the back of your cupboard. Man, is that bad. <laughs> that's, that's the flesh. If we had spiritual noses, that's what sin smells like. How many know what I'm talking about? All right? It is the worst smell. Angels, I believe, they smell sin. But they still, because they're servants, you know, they're sent to minister. Jesus walked among us. You don't think he was repulsed by the carnal behavior and the thoughts? He knew their thoughts, it says in the Bible. And sometimes he would respond emotionally. He got angry with his disciples. He rebuked people. But he was willing to endure it. And there's even, even a greater expression of God's tolerance for our... His, an expression of His love for us that goes deeper. That even though we are submerged in a world that stinks of sin and of flesh... And we have parts that are still rotting. I don't know about you, but I know there's parts of my life that smell like a rotting potato. Got it? But God sent His Holy Spirit to dwell within me. And God's Holy Spirit dwells within you. The Holy Spirit is incarnate. Do you know what that means? In the flesh, in your body, the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, you know, it's best for me to go. If I don't go, the Comforter can't come. He's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. He's the oneness that permeates all of us. That's what Paul was talking about. The presence of God. So the, the holiness of God. The holiness of God. The, the aspect of God's nature and person that is that cannot tolerate the sickness and sin and, and, and that rottenness of flesh, yet out of His love and compassion and commitment for us as individuals, for you as an individual, He has chosen to move in. And He's committed that He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's going to clean up your dirty apartment. He's going to refurnish it. He's going to put in new appliances. 
All right? He's going to rip up the old carpet. Come on. How many want that? Praise God. Pam Birch is with us this morning. Everybody say hallelujah! <laughs> she's been sick in the hospital, but she's back. She's going forward. It's rotten, it says here in verse 22. Everything connected with the old life has to go. Everybody say has to go. Has to go. Has to go. Listen, there's things you're holding on to. There's things I'm holding on to that's not part of the new life. It's not part of the resurrection. That's not part of the gospel. It's part of my old life. It's part of what my flesh likes. It's part of the, the rottenness and I'm hanging on to it. But you know what? It has to go. It just has to go. All right? Now, it may take you years. I've been working on this for darn near 30 years. I've been a born-again Christian. You know? And I still got like, oh, I still stink over there. Whoa, that was a bad one. <laughs> it's rotten through and through. Get rid of it! And then take on an entirely new way of life. A God-fashioned life. A life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces His character in you. As God accurately reproduces His character in you. See, that's why the Holy Spirit's in you. It's not just to give you goosebumps, and we all like goosebumps. All right? But you may never experience goosebumps. All right? What God wants to do is accurately reproduce His character in you. All right? And that's the purpose. That's why the Holy Spirit is in you. That's why He's tolerating dwelling in a dirty, Run-down, broken, stinking apartment. Right? Because he's got a vision for it to be turned into something splendid and wonderful. The bride of Christ. So there's two walks. There's a walk worthy. And then there's a walk that's futile. What were some of the characteristics of the futile? Darkness. In their understanding. How does it say it in the message? Anybody remember? Empty-headed. Shake your head. Anything in there? All right. What else? Dun, 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 dun. Verse 17, you can cheat through 24. What other characteristics of a... Alienated. Did you ever, feel, ever go somewhere where you didn't feel comfortable? Huh? You knew you didn't fit in? Huh? Lonely. It's scary. It's scary, man. 
took our kids. I told this story a long time ago. Last year we took my kids up in the UP. We needed to get a hamburger or something to eat. And we went in this little town. It was a little bar. You know, as soon as we walked in, everybody at the bar turned. <laughs> we, we weren't from around there. <laughs> we said, <laughs> I was like, man, this is like, this is a cultural experience, man. Because those people, like, live at that bar. They haven't moved in years. <laughs> and here's me with, we had, I had all the kids, plus Lindsay, you know. Please. Little kids bopping around, you know. Everybody else sitting at the bar, drunk, drinking. Anyway. <clears throat> you know, I've been to foreign countries. I didn't fit in. You know? And uh, when, you're, when you have a walk that's futile, you don't fit in. You feel disconnected from God. You know why? Because you are! That's not what God wants for us. What else? Quick. Only have a few minutes. Ignorant. What are the symptoms? Listed. What did they do? Do you have a Bible? Lewdness. Who would like to demonstrate an act of lewdness? Picture in your mind. No, sorry. I haven't preached for six weeks. I'm rusty, okay? I'm holding back. Listen, the whole world is filled with lewdness. And minds are corrupted and we're so swayed by it, we don't even know what's right anymore. And guess what? The Bible said that's what happens when someone's disconnected with God. Uncleanness. Unclean. Past feeling. Blind, past feeling, greedy, all this stuff. Just they don't feel anymore. And so they do stuff that you go, don't they see it's destructive? And I understand that sin for a moment is pleasurable. But the end result is death. And I see lives given over to sinful pursuits. And I know, and I've done it. I go, man, I, the end of that is death. And it grieves my heart. What's the walk worthy? Real quick, I only got a minute here. Some elements of those is verse 1 through 4. Pardon me? Lowliness. Gentleness. That's good. Gentle, good. Patience. You know what patience means in the Bible? Patience is not being willing to wait a long time. Biblical, the Greek word for patience means being unchanging. Okay? So that no matter how long you have to wait, you don't change. The way you behave is unchanged by the delay of your expectation. All right? Because you have confidence, you have hope that's founded not in your circumstance, but based upon your relationship with the eternal God. All right? So you can have patience and endurance. You can be the same and not change, even though it takes a long time, because you know that it's, it's based on God's promise. 
Lack of patience is when you don't get what you want and you get frustrated. So you get changed. You're happy for a minute and then you get... I'll just do it myself. You know, and break things. <laughs> uh, love. Hey, how many... Lo- Everybody's looking for love. Right? Love. What's that? Yeah, that's, that's what's over here. They're looking for love in the wrong places, and so they give themselves over to a sexual obsession, looking for love and finding just this emptiness. Not they, we, we've done it, I've done it. You know, but God wants to rescue from this. Any other characteristics in there? Peace. Oh, the world needs now. Unity. Hope, all this good, 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 rich, rich, deep stuff. You know, they can be just uh, religious words, but they're so rich, they're so deep. It's really the it's what's the hunger of every man, woman, and child is love and peace and joy and unity and belonging and and uh, that walk. And and the word walk, you know, it's not just talking about how you walk down the road. You know. Right, the word walk is your is your lifestyle. It's 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 walking. It's your daily uh, uh, the way you conduct yourself uh, through life. And there's two walks, and that we are we have a calling. And maybe I'll get to this next week. I'll talk a little bit about that calling. The calling we are called. Okay, these people are called too, but they don't hear it. All right, they're called to this. You know why? Because God has openly proclaimed to the whole world the invitation of the gospel. And this is my point. I'm going to end with this, and I'm going to talk about it a lot next week. Is that verse seven through sixteen is the bridge between these two, and it talks about. It talks about the church. But each one of us, grace was given to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, He says, when He ascended on high, He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. 9 and 10 is parenthetical. We're going to skip that. Verse 11, And He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's the church. Till we all come to the unity of faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect, complete person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into Him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body... This is the church. This is the most one of the most uh, in, intense descriptions of the church in the New Testament. The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part, every part, everybody say every part. part. Say, I'm a part. part. Okay, every part does its share, 
causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself uh, in love. So we're going to talk a little bit next week about <clears throat> the church and the importance of that. And the reason we, we're talking about this is that after the announcements, after the gift, we're going to have a life group sign up. And life groups are not like something extra. They're really central or core to uh, we, us as a church because that's, it's in the smaller groups that you get to know each other. It's in hanging out. It's in doing stuff together. Even if you only meet six or eight times over the course of the semester, you get to know somebody's name. And even though we're a small congregation, a couple hundred people, on Sunday morning you come in, listen to me talk, you can go out and never connect relationally. And that's just not good enough. That's not going to get you from here to here. All right? It's what Kathy said. It's being the church. Jesus looks forward to being here. We look forward to coming one another because there's relationship that's built. How do you build relationship? Well, we just have this you know, little program called Life Groups, but the purpose of it is that it gives you opportunity to get knit together and to grow in many, many different ways. So it's extremely, extremely important that you plug into that and take that opportunity. This week and next week, we're going to have more details about that in a minute. Sarah has some announcements. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Guess what? It's time for announcements. That's right. This is a very exciting portion of our service. All right, we have a few. But first, I want to welcome any guests who are here with us today. If you are a guest, please fill out this uh, connection card and 